0: 36 years of basketball knowledge and life skills. Your host, Coach Goins, focuses on today's topics on and off the court, helping players and coaches achieve their goals. So get ready for another fast break episode of Basketball More Than a Game with your host, Coach Goins.
1: Hey, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Coach Goins. You say, Coach, what's popping? I tell you what, it ain't basketball because basketball season is over. So right now we are just going to talk a little bit about uh – you know, what what happened in the finals and all that good stuff. Hey, but before we do that, we got to make sure that we pay the bills and we want to thank our title sponsor. That's none other than Mr. Curtis Jackson out of the great state of North Carolina. So for your insurance needs, please reach out to Curtis at area code 919-614-5796 and let him know that you heard uh, or you found out about him on basketball more in the game. We certainly appreciate him, his staff, and his continued support. Of basketball more in the game. Also, if you want to make sure you subscribe, like, follow us, leave us a comment. You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You can go to my YouTube channel, Coach Lamont Goins, and go to my website at coachgoins.podbean.com. Follow me on Facebook and Lionfish Entertainment out of Los Angeles, California. But say, Coach, what's popping? You are, I got somebody that I've known probably for about eighteen years. You said, Coach man, what's going on? So listen, I've got none other than Mr. Raphael O'Malbert. From the great state of Florida transition to Pennsylvania. Raphael, welcome to basketball more in the game. It's
2: an honor, it's a pleasure, brother.
1: How you doing today? Hey, right, man. Good, good. So listen, we go way back and we're gonna talk about we're gonna be talking about that a little bit here. But you know what? Before we get into that, we wanna definitely thank everybody that continues to support us all the way across the country. So there's a couple states I gotta call out. So if you know somebody from Montana, South Dakota, as well as New Hampshire, tell them to get on the stick and find somebody and tell them to tune in to basketball more in the game because we'd love to have them. We want to thank our international uh, sponsors. We're up to 21 countries now. We just went into Turkey last week. Russia's taking off. We just want to thank everybody from New Zealand, Canada, Japan, Australia, Sweden, Netherlands, Germany, Dominican Republic, Finland, Ireland. Albania, Kuwait, Tunisia, Vietnam, Ghana, France, United Arab Emirates, Denmark, and also in Haiti. So listen, we're going to be talking some basketball. So Raphael, come on, man. Let's let's, let's talk about this whole, this NBA Finals. And I know it was the broom, so come on. Give, give me your perspective.
2: We're going to uh, give a shout-out to the people in Puerto Rico. We're going to get some of the people in the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, start listening to this uh, wonderful podcast and all the information and nothing but, you know, the reason why we do it is because we love the game. Uh, we've been around it for a long time. I, was, I didn't play no basketball growing up. Uh, obviously, I come from an island where uh, you have a stick, a ball, and a glove uh, from 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 birth. So it's baseball, but basketball is the that what move the that's what moved the country down there. Exactly. Every, everybody comes together when it's five on five. And it's on. Uh, my perspective, obviously, like you mentioned, I'm sad that uh, the actual game is over now. Uh, I was, yes, I was pulling for LeBron James Mullen, you know, pulling for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But uh, it's just, uh, I know we have to talk about a few things in here, but I tell you, uh, Jordan uh, has his own place. But the fact that LeBron, with the limited amount of talent that surrounds him, and pretty much halfway through the season, you know, restarting and resetting and having a brand new uh, new, uh, team. That's that's very hard to do. Oh, and he well. been doing that the last eight years in a row, so that's a that's a major accomplishment there by itself. You
1: know and that's a great call out, folks. So, you know, don't uh, uh don't take it lightly. And you know, you know how we're gonna serve it up right here on basketball more in the game. We're gonna we're gonna tell you the truth. Like it or not, you know it's our show and our dime, so we can talk about what we want to talk about. But you know, but that hey that was actually in a conversation today and the, you know guy came up and he was talking about, you know, he doesn't like the NBA. Well listen, you know what? He may not like the NBA that's fine. You don't have to watch but what I appreciate. Is this. I appreciate guys, as Raphael called out, I appreciate when you look at LeBron, you look at Kobe, you look at Michael Jordan, those guys, you know, did they play in the NBA? Yeah, because that's the only place they could play. Could they play in another league beyond the NBA? Yeah, for like elite players. So, bottom line to it is whether he's in uh, Cleveland, whether he's in um, Golden State, You have to appreciate these guys because these guys can do what? They get it done. Now, you think about, you know, we talked about this when we were having done a little bit earlier. You know, Jordan couldn't get it done until he had a cast of, of, you know, stellar players. LeBron experienced that when he went south with uh, down at um, South Beach. The thing with Golden State is Golden State couldn't get it done without Kevin Durant or made it easier to get it done with uh, Durant uh, on the squad. So, you know, him being smart and him saying, okay, you know, I can go somewhere and I really don't have to work that hard. You know, it, it's all good. But, you know, we are kind of sad because basketball actually should have been game five on the night, uh, but it's not. So we get ready to tune in to our, our favorite uh, pastime uh, when we're together, and that's Yankees. the uh, Yankees. And the, actually, they playing the Mets. Actually, I wish the game was a uh, Boston. Uh, but now to bring that up, I'm going to kind of turn the hands of the time and the clock back. I remember I, we, we were together, and we were watching the game when, when the Yankees were up 3-1, uh, and it was uh, game seven. And uh, Big Poppy was at the plate uh-huh. and the pitch came out. And I remember Raphael said, No, no, <laughs> cause he's he seen Big Poppy wind up. and I mean, I already picked that leg up and was like, No, we knew he was gonna knock the cover off of. It. And of course, what happened? it leaves the yeah, stadium. And I, and I bela- and I believe and I beloved Yankees. We we took the dive and uh, of course, uh uh uh, the uh, Boston Red Sox went on to uh, win that World Series but you know just you know we're just going to sit here and talk you know ham it up a little bit but just you know there's nothing like true friends there's nothing like having a good time and that's what the you know basketball you know more than the game is all about it's a, it's we create an avenue for kids not have to you know go to mom and dad and you know, stick their hand in their pocket and pay a whole lot of money what they can do is just you know what, sit around you know pull us up and get that information and be able to do what Kind of just help him along in life. So our first segment of, uh, of the of today's show is always entitled a fast uh, fast break. And what we're going to be talking about fast break, we're going to talk a little about, about Raphael and, and his career. I know he was you know, ex uh, prior military. He's been in logistics a little over 20 years, but we're going to kind of, you know, spend a little bit of time uh, as we deal into that. But before we do, we want to thank uh, our sponsor for this segment. That is Act Sports. So if you're looking for great great recreation sports for your youth, please go to www.playactsports.com. Uh, for your uh, youth sports we just uh, closed registration for track as well as wrestling Uh, we have various other sports so you can go to playactsports.com for your kids recreation needs so hey Raphael listen I know we're you know we're spanning the globe and we're all over the country and I just want you just to tell us a little about you know as as you transitioned out of the military and you got into logistics tell us you know kind of kind of give us an overview of since, since you've been in logistics, what is one of the biggest things that you learned in, in, in the house? I'm going to refer to it as the house, in the house of logistics.
2: Well, you know, coming from uh, the military, especially in the Marine Corps, or Semper Fi to all the Marines out there, and uh, to all the servicemen, thank you for your, your service as well. That's right. Uh, you bring a lot of uh, traits, talents, skills, but uh, above everything, you bring... Uh, You, you know, try to bring your leadership and also your passion about everything we do. And and above above anything, everything that we do is as a a team, as a a team perspective, one goal. Uh, I've been blessed to be part of, you know, a company like Motorola for four years after the Marine Corps. Uh, For the last 17 years, uh, I was actually with a company like Walmart, Logistics Transportation. And I just recently—that's the reason why we're transitioning from uh, from Florida to the great state of Pennsylvania, which is something out of the out of the norm for our family. Because you know we're used to the you can say the heat, the the, the warm weather, but now we gotta get used to the, the the wonderful weather in the Northeast. So obviously, I heard they call the fr- they don't call it fr- the frozen thunder for nothing. But uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity, and it's something that. Uh, that I'm looking forward to now that I have joined uh, Amazon. How about they, that? It just brings a whole new perspective of uh, coming from uh, Walmart. You have stores. You have a lot of customers. You have your, your drivers. And, you, of course, you have your associates. But now, all of a sudden, you go to a company where, yes, you don't have that overhead. by having You don't have no stores. That's but right. You still have your customers. And you have still the most important thing, which is the people.
1: That's exactly uh, you right. You cannot
2: do it by yourself. You always have to. You you have to have to always rely on your teammates, your associates to get that that one job done. So it's always one job, one mission.
1: You know, and that's exactly right. You know, folks, when you don't realize when you work in that logistics field, uh, you you become you know solid as a rock. You become you know another brother from a you know, different mother, and that's actually how I get to uh, meet Raphael. So we are live. Uh, Facebook. So our uh, great friend, uh, Sam- Amanda, uh, Raphael's, uh, uh, excuse me.
2: Samantha.
1: Samantha is uh, on the camera and she's taking care of us. Uh, so we're kind of doing the live podcast, uh, simultaneous Facebook Live as well as the podcast. But, you know, Raphael was talking about, you know, think about it. 18 years ago, I met this uh, this fine man. And, and through that, you know, through the brotherhood of being able to work in that type of environment, you, you, you learn to rely on each other. It's almost, you know, you're a team. And you don't realize that when you go to work each and every day, you've got to have, somebody's got to have your six. And you, because you know what, when you walk in there, every day is not going to be a good day. Every day is going to be on the grind. Everything is going to be what, what do you have to do? And so as he, as he eloquently put that, now he turns and get ready, get ready to go to another chapter and that's what Amazon. You know, I'm excited about it because as Amazon continues to to make their power moves, uh, me I'm employed with uh, Best Buy. So guess what? So as Amazon makes power moves, that forces us to make us, you know, number one, stay on our cutting edge. Makes us, you know, stay uh, and leverage that technology. So when one company starts moving, the other company needs to be able to fall in line. So I appreciate you you, you camping that out. So listen, as you were as as you navigated through your Walmart career. And You were in buildings, and I know we went Monroe, Georgia together. And we'll give a shout out to all of the guys that was in Monroe, Georgia with Monroe, us. Georgia, baby. Uh, you know, those <laughs> guys, you know, from Johnny J. Joe to Robert Short to Alan Warren, yeah, Alan Warren, Robert to Short. Robert, yeah, yeah, Tom Ron Potter, Tessin. Ron Tesson. Uh, so you know, all those guys that we hung out with, uh, and uh, we kind of like you too, uh, Lee Hall, yeah, and, <laughs> uh, and then uh, none other than Harold Mann, so hey, you know, give, give him a shout out, but all those guys we work with in uh, Walmart, there's no you know, it, it, one thing about it, we worked. We worked hard. We played hard, uh, and that and that was the reward. Because you know, each and every day, you know, we would be on that grind. So listen, as as we continue to talk about you know sports and we talk about life, what I'm going to ask Raphael now to do is just talk about you know globally from from a transportation standpoint, um, and now moving into uh, Walmart, uh, excuse me now moving into Amazon without you know of course tipping his hand because a lot of that stuff is is confidential. What I've always seen in Walmart is just cutting edge, just always able to stay on the cutting edge. Now, in that, did had, do you, with the transportation regulations change, how did that affect you from what you did in, in order to get that product from the building to the customers?
2: Well, uh, before I get there, I actually want to uh, give the, the audience a, a story, a short story, that uh, one of the ways that we even became closer, we became brothers was through the game of basketball because uh, uh, I know we we work long hours, yep. you know, 10, 12, 15-hour shifts on call 24-7, but one of the things that we always did, whether <laughs> we right. can put the ball in the hoop or not <laughs> or pretty much kill each other, hit each other very hard, uh, that's one thing that always brought us together. And I think doing those extracurricular activities brought us together because we knew at the end of the day we could have each other's back off and off the court. That's right. So that's... uh. But, you know, as far as as far as Amazon, I mean, uh, the fact that you don't have no store, so you have more interaction straight with the customer, uh, I mean, of course, you know, you have a, a big box where you have actually customers coming into your store right. in and out, but I talk about the overhead, no overhead as far as the uh, the information or the interaction with the customer. It's just, it's very uh, interesting, you know, just to, like you say, as far as keeping the, you know, try to keep all the confidentiality, but... As far as the technology, robots, and it's it's, it's I mean, cutting it's, edge, it's cutting edge, light years away. You know, and, yeah.
1: and you know, and again, as as they made changes, and again, being you know, have to you know, we have to value our confidentiality, can't mm-hmm. talk about, it but so much, you know, I see us making some you know huge huge strides in, in order to stay competitive in that market. So you know what? So we just talking basketball. We talk about life. Because uh, I remember, you know, how he, 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 here he is. He's got a teenage daughter, and his son's grown. last time his son was here, he was barely walking. Now, he, you know, he gets out of the car, and he's, like, ready to rock and roll. And, we, you know, we had great dinner and great fellowship. And like I said, we get to watch our beloved Yankees uh, and just keep, and keep kicking it. So, listen, before – you know, we get into the next session of the podcast. We just again just want to make sure that you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube channel, as well as Facebook, which we're doing Facebook Live, and also Lionfish Entertainment out of Los Angeles, California. So we're continue to grow. We just want to thank all of our sponsors. There he is, right there. There's Raphael Jr. Yeah. He's over there. So we put the camera on him real quick, <laughs> and uh, we, again, we just certainly appreciate my great friend as he tra- as he's transitioning to Allentown, Pennsylvania, stopping over. Going to spend the night and and head on out uh, tomorrow, heading on up that way. So, listen, as as you said earlier, you know, being from Puerto Rico, it's baseball. Baseball, baseball, baseball. What makes the guys in the Caribbean such great players? Why are they they just head and shoulders above better than than anybody else?
2: I think uh, uh, resources is one. But also, you always have, you know, we see the connection with the United States. And then wanting to do something bigger than you, you know, wanting to represent, you know, the islands on a hundred miles long, 35 miles wide, 3.5 million people. But one of the things that is two sports, definitely, oh, you know, three sports, a major sport, but there's always one that always brought the island together to their feet. It was boxing. Okay. When, you know, the days of Felix Trinidad, uh, that means when he was in that ring, inside those ropes you felt that it was you. He was an extension of you. And especially being the best at that specific weight class, it's like, wow, a person like me, Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. right. from a small island, Can you he's, do- the, he's the best in the world doing that. So it's just the representation of you. as an extension of you. But I think it's just the, the passion, the will that the people have, and also the, the culture and the togetherness. And, and they, got to, they have to be straight up with that. I mean, just... You grow up, you know, watching Roberto Clemente. Obviously, I had the pleasure of having, you know, seen him play live. Right. But I, I felt the, the, the effect of the impact of the things that he did specifically off the field. My dad seen him play live. Right. But the fact what all the other things that even on the top of his game, I uh, remember, my I can, you know, recite pretty much the story my dad gave me when, when he took off to bring... Uh, uh, relief to those that had an earthquake right. in, in Central America on uh, January thirty first, and the airplane going down. Literally, the island shut down because they knew they only not only lost uh, a hero, but they lost another brother. Right. That it was an extension. It was a representation of them here in the United States. Right. So that was a very you know a sad moment for uh, Puerto Rican his, you know history as far as sports, but that's that's what the the value of the sports. That, that's what brings the passion
1: out of us, you know, and that's the thing. I, I think sometimes, you know, not growing up in you know Puerto Rico and you know growing up in the United States, you, you look at people and, and you really don't want to embrace their contribution, you know, just like you, you know eloquently put talked about, you know, um, Roberto Clemente. You look at. Um, my gosh, you know, Mariano Rivera, those guys. When when people see them on the mound, they see, they see themselves. And that's the pride that you. That's the pride from being from Puerto Rico. That's the pride, you know, from people. Uh, you know, they they just they just bring that. And as Americans, sometimes we lose that. We we you know we want we we're so quick just to, oh I don't like that guy. Okay, you know what you you don't know that man's struggles. You don't know what he did to pay the price to get out there. Same thing we know Michael Jordan and uh, and LeBron. know people say I don't like this. You know what? Forget all of that and just appreciate what the man's doing. Appreciate what the man's doing for the game and appreciate the contributions for for what what what's happening on that. So listen, let's talk about what you like to do when you're not on the grind. When you're not in you know. And it's Raphael time. I know you know you got your beautiful family, but when when you have a chance to get out of the office, unwind. Let's talk about what you like to do when yeah. on your R&R time. You know, brother Lamar, I noticed
2: as I got an older in life. I'm becoming more and more like my like my grandfather. My grandfather used to stay by the radio and argue with the radio for four hours. There's a, Grandpa, what are you doing? You arguing with the radio. The area the radio's not gonna answer you those, you know, those comments that you're saying. So I noticed that I do a lot. I know I had the pleasure of being on the road for the last nine hours with my family. And I know we have my wife and I, you know, have some great conversations, small little fights, but more conversations about the whole state of the NBA, where the NBA is heading. But one of the things that uh, that I wanted to add to yes, you know, the question that earlier, you know, growing up, you know, favorite player in baseball, Willie Starder, you know, look how far Willie Starder was from the island. And he still had that impact. You know, we emulate the swing, yep. how everything. Uh, obviously, we also emulate the, the the sky hook, you know, the baby hook from Magic, uh, Kareem, Kareem. Uh, Famous, uh, most you know, famous boxer. My one of my favorite uh, boxers of all time. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. I mean, how do you, how a kid from Puerto Rico, is two, three thousand miles away, knows about about that? So that's the power of sports. You know, that's the right. power of. I love sports. Uh, obviously, now that uh, kids are getting a little bit uh, older and bigger, and they know they get it, developing, then you know their motor skills and everything. I know Rafael started playing uh, soccer. Samantha played a little soccer. Uh, Tatiana started, you know, she's got a total of mm-hmm. she got told us son she liked playing volleyball. But I, what I, I enjoyed the most, even if I'm not talking to them, just being surrounded by my family, that's what I love the most.
1: You know what? So folks, you know that, that that's what it's about. That's what it's all about. You know, on at the end of the day, you just like me. I come in, I don't have any problems not leaving the house. You know, because I've done what I need to do and I'm coming home, and I want to enjoy the fam and I want to sit around and just take care of business. And just enjoy that. You know, that's what we were talking about earlier. You know, my son, he's out uh, for two weeks uh, doing his annual training in Wisconsin. Talked to him earlier today. Be safe, so, he's Brad, getting, be safe. Yeah, so he's getting. Yeah, so he's getting there. If he's logged on, he says, what's up, what's up, Noop?" So uh, Noob. We, got, uh, we got Raphael and the fam in the house. But, no, that, that's that's what it's all about. You know, you get out every day and you're on the grind. So our challenge to you is uh, always remember, you know, those of you who had that responsibility with your kids, you know they didn't ask to come here so when it's time to you know get out there and play those team sports they can learn so much from you know the competitiveness they can learn how to lose how to win uh, because you take sports out of my life and I tell you it would be a different a different way to go so listen as we get into this last segment of the podcast it's called in the paint and when we talk about in the paint it's just like I'm on the court. When you look and say what happens in the paint, that's where the that's where the where, where the rubber hits the road. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say out. Of, I'm gonna throw out a couple names, and I want you to to, to come back with the first thing that that oh. that pops in your mind. Muhammad Ali. Oh, the greatest.
2: Okay.
1: Um, Derek Jeter.
2: The captain. Wow. All
1: right. El Capitan. El Capitan. All right. Joe Torre.
2: The boss. <laughs>
1: Mariano Rivera.
2: The closer. Wow.
1: Magic Johnson.
2: Smooth. That's uh prime time. That's <laughs> what I call
1: it. <laughs> LeBron James.
2: He just, he's just a out of the world beast.
1: Okay. Kobe Bryant.
2: The black mamba, but clutch. Kobe was clutch to me. Mike uh,
1: Michael Jordan.
2: MJ man, just the the best, the best there is. The is awards, you know what I mean. I had the 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 opportunity to actually see the the Chicago Bulls when there were when Tom Chambers was still playing. Okay. On the Seattle SuperSonics, yep. it happened to be they just went to uh, to a game in, in St Petersburg, Florida, and I was uh, I was what 17 years old. I was a lifeguard, and they had a close practice and they used our facility down there in Anchor College in St Pete. How the Bulls ended up in Eckerd <laughs> College? E. They just—they were there. But used, you were there too. I was there. Guess what? All of a sudden, I see all this uh, Bulls uniforms, and I start seeing all this. Oh my like, God! You know what is this? Stacy King, B.J. Armstrong, uh, Bill Cartwright. You know Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and all of a sudden, one of the guys said, "This, this is this practice only for you know Chicago Bulls, and if you are a member of the Eckerd College basketball team, you can stay there. Everybody else needs to go." I look to the left. I look to the right. <laughs> hey, I belong to Hector College. I work for Hector College. I'm a student. I'm a student athlete. I'm standing right here. <laughs> Take getting it <them> all in. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and one of the things that impressed me the most is how behind the doors, Pippen and Jordan used to go push each other, how they went about the business. I mean, this is stuff that you don't see, of course. I mean, right. you even buying a ticket, you don't see this stuff. It just happened. I just had to be. I just happened to be in the right place at the right That's time. That's right. And how they went to each other, the way they talk to each other, the way they push each other, it just it just brings the best just brings the
1: best out of you. You know, and that's the thing. You you, know, well, you, you can't you, – you have to have you – know, first of all, you got to be you got to be accountable to somebody. And then second of all, you know, iron iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. You know, so as Ralph's calling this thing out, you know, think about it. You get in there, Jordan needs somebody to push him. You know, and he and just happened to be fortunate to play with a guy named Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you get out, you know, how do you, you – know, you think about that. How, how do you take a guy and you go to LeBron's – how do you go to the Cleveland practice and who's going to guard LeBron? And who's gonna guard Kobe when you know Kobe's late years in the Lakers when you don't have that, not heir apparent, but when you don't have that, that other blue chip player uh, to be able to get out, you know? So it, it, it does create it does create a whole lot of stuff. So listen, so I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit you with this right here. So Yankees are, Yankees are rocking and rolling. They just dropped the lineup up here. Uh, we see that Greg Bird is running. Uh, he's at first base. Sanchez, DD's down through here, uh, and I think uh, Judge I think Judge is on the shelf tonight.
2: Um, Gary Sanchez, All right. Hit, hit the ball. Don't try to hit a home run every time, please.
1: All right. Just make contact. Make contact. Make contact. That's the thing. I think he. I think he's getting called up too much of uh, what everybody else is doing. So, yeah, it's good to you know, give, give these guys a night off. So, listen, as we start wrapping this thing up, I'm going to toss it over here to Raphael for his closing comments, and then uh, Coach will be right back. Go ahead, Raphael.
2: It's been an honor, it's been a pleasure. It's my first uh, time, I and mean, obviously, it's not my first time here in your home. And thank you for having us. Just my, uh, myself and my family. You're my brother forever. Just like a, I had the honor and the opportunity to meet your mom, your mother today, for the first time, and it's like I met an aunt, you know. Yeah. And I told him that I told her that uh, my love is unconditional. And I, one of the things that she was talking about her neighbor, how she missed being home and everything. I I told her one of my phrases just like you yeah, I know you have a lot of uh, a lot of sayings but one of my one of my sayings is show and don't tell me you love me just show me. Right. Just yeah. show just show me.
1: Yep, yep, cuz talk talk can be cheap. So listen folks, as we start wrapping this up, we definitely want to thank uh, again my brother Mr. Raphael Mobert and wish him Godspeed as they transition uh to Allentown, Pennsylvania and start that whole chapter uh, with Amazon, so we just uh, you know just a blessing on him. So wherever we, we, our 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 goal and our vision for him is, whatever he puts his hands and hearts to, uh, that they'll walk in, in God's love and protect yeah. he and his family. So listen, as we start wrapping this thing up, you know Coach Goins is gonna get out of here. This this a podcast and uh, will be launched on Wednesday. Of course, we're doing Facebook Live, so those that kind of tuned in, we appreciate your continued support. As we start getting ready to crank up and get watch uh, watch these Lakers, and as we always say uh here on basketball board the game as it says john 14 and 6 i am the way the truth and the light so listen coach Goins okay. has got to get out of here i got to get this gym floor cleaned up before uh the yankees take the, uh, the before the yankees take the field tonight so until next time as always you know help somebody give back
2: uh and i'll see you in the gym All right, folks, we are back on and just, again, just took a quick little
1: uh, segment break right there. And as we transition into the next segment is entitled In the Paint. So for you basketball folks, you know what that means. When you get down in the paint, you better make sure you got your big boy shoes on your big pants because uh, that's where the, that's where it battles and and how it gets down. So, but listen, you know we you know a lot of things that we've been talking about. We'll get back into that in, the, in a minute. But again, you can make sure you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Facebook, Lionfish Entertainment, and also my Facebook page. And then, of course, we'll give uh, Terry at the end as we start closing out. Uh, Because we'll actually get this to him, so he can get it uploaded on his uh, wrestling information pages and the society. So again, it'll be open uh to everybody so again we just certainly appreciate him taking out time and and as we continue to to, to just talking about the you know the great sport of wrestling and just think about it and it's just you know we were talking about you know how these guys make those transition and their health is declining you know same thing with football you know you look at you know all of the sports basically a lot of contact sports it physically how physically demanding it is on those individual bodies uh, you know the league. You know they're dealing with concussions. You know a lot of basketball players. You know they're dealing with knee. Well, matter of fact, you know just call it that what it is. You know most of the old, the older guys. You know, every time you see them, they got on suits, but they got on sneakers because they just can't wear those. You know hard bottom shoes, and you know, they wear a lot of the sneakers just because their feet or their knees. Uh, or, or you know, or really takes a toll on their body. So that's the that's the tough thing about it. So when you look at guys like you know, we called out you know, Ric Flair. You look at Ole and Gene and I mean, I'm just thinking about guy, when I was growing up. You know, when I was 11, 12 years old. You know, these guys were at the pinnacle. There was nothing like you know, the Road Warriors. There was nothing like the the Four Horsemen. You had Lex Lugan, and and they beating up the guys and throwing them in the broom closet and making the switch. And all of a sudden, there was a new Horseman. You know, and then I remember my grandmother, you know, she, you know, I, you know uh, Tim Woods was, you know, oh, no, Johnny Weaver, that's who it was. Johnny Weaver was just like, oh my gosh, I mean, you'd be out there in the yard and, and she'd be yelling at the television just like, you know, somebody was in the house, you know, trying to take the TV you know, unplug the T V and run down the run down the street with the chicken wings and cornbread, you know, but uh, yeah, she was a huge, huge wrestling fan. But you know, it's just, you know, everybody, you know, everybody has their their thing and to be able to, you know, allow play to let let us recreate itself, you know, and again, you know, Terrence Dale is wrestling. You know, so that's why we just want to be able to highlight that. And, again, basketball more in the game is just, you know, the title of our podcast, and we've had people on from all walks of life. We talk about all sports. I mean, it's just a privilege that to you know, be able to sit across the mic from a, uh, a gentleman that, that has the, the wealth of knowledge that he has. Uh, so, you know, if, if you look in, you know, not if, it's when you listen to this podcast and you definitely want some more information, we'll definitely have that information out so you can get in touch with uh, Brother Terry. Uh, so he can uh, lead you down that path. So, Terry, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, I'm going to toss it back over to you if you have any more comments and anything else you want to call out uh, in reference to the wrestling scene before we move segue into our next session.
0: Uh, you were talking about people getting um, sicker and all. Christine Anderson's passed away. Ole Anderson is real sick these days. He's always been known as a grumpy guy, but he's even grumpier because he's, he's really sick. And uh, Lex Luger... He was there recently with the Four Horsemen when I was had my picture taken with them and all. And um, he's in a wheelchair now. Uh, part of it from steroids, part of it for different reasons. And um, it takes a, it takes a toll after a while. Um, um, what's on my heart, and um, we can see yes, where sir. you want to go with it, is um, something I said earlier, and it seems like it's coming back up in me several times here. Um, about how our life intersects with people and then later on it makes a difference and we don't even realize it was gonna ever happen. Uh, I was just thinking while we were taking a break there that when I was uh, 16 years old, I wrote a letter to uh, the the Valley Four and Linda, a gospel quartet, telling them how much I really liked them. You know, could you take on a teenager um, to um, sing with you some solos maybe or something? I said, I just, you guys really impressed me. And I, you know, just, uh, you know, I appreciate you putting, uh, making an impression on my life and and, uh, influence. And little did I know, two years later, Charlie would leave the group, Charlie Props, and he invited me to be his first lead singer. Seasons of life came, and I ended up going off to college, so I was only his lead singer practicing for about three months, and we had like one concert. But little did I know, back in, then, that was uh, around 74, Um, about 10 years later, I became part of the Crestman. They were only a full-time group for a year and a half. And, uh, they brought in three guys from Sacramento, California, and we became full-time and I came off the road. I was actually just supposed to fill in until they found a lead singer. I I just love gospel music my entire life. And, um, in fact, when I was at home as a teen, my parents would go away. I'd put gospel albums on, and I would sing louder than that. That's one reason, <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of have a loud voice uh, when I choose to, and uh, that's how I came about because the albums would be playing as loud as they could on the record player, and I would be singing louder. Luckily, the neighbors mustn't hate too much. I never had a complaint, so I guess it was all right. <laughs> and uh, but. I was with the Crestman, and it was purely political, but it sounds good. I, we got to sing at Rick's Humbart's Cathedral tomorrow. I, I thought that place was beautiful. I got to sing in front of as many as 20,000 people. I've sang in front of, and spoken in uh, smaller groups as five before in Cleveland, Tennessee. And, um, but the Lord just blessed us. We took a song that was made famous by the Oak Ridge Boys, Elvira. And someone rewrote it, and it was called Go Jonah, and and because our publisher uh, recommended us, nominated us, we were considered for a Grammy Award in 1985. It's purely political, but it looks good on a resume, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. uh, (laughs) But then people, when they really get to know me, they they see how little I know about singing, so then, you know, it just ruins everything, but uh, but, uh, I enjoy singing, and... um, when I was 18, I was in a quartet that uh, went to Watermelon Park in Berryville, Virginia, right outside of Winchester. And we'd only been together like four months, and there were 30 quartets there in a the contest, and we finished number four, and we'd only been together three or four months. It just, I, I call it the Lord. I just, He just favors you, and um, everything I've touched, he's just been so fantastic. Uh, so my connection, Charlie Profter wrote him a letter, age 16, said, I'd like to sing with you. 12 years later or so, we were being considered for a Grammy Award. Uh, there used to be a pastor right around the corner from this church, uh, James Durrell, who pastored the Church of God locally right here, right off 11. And I knew him. I started traveling nationally. He invited me. He became the chaplain at Cook County Jail in Chicago. Oh. Little did I know, Woo. I would be the first person to ever hold revival in the largest jail in America, Cook County Jail. <laughs> it was really interesting. Um, instead of just being able to speak, uh, we allowed them to raise their hand and actually ask questions during my message. It oh. was different. I'd never seen it, never done it since. Um, but during the day there, I got an education. Uh, I found out that certain judges can be bought for $10,000. That was back in those years, the early 80s. And also, one guy was telling me, um, Terry, they got me in here for diamonds and uh, being stolen and I'll, I'm gonna probably go to prison a few years, but they don't know where it is and I do and I can wait them out and somewhere down the road, <laughs> I got all these diamonds waiting on me. I mean, I'm just a naive guy from Waynesboro, Virginia and I never knew, you know, I thought, I'd heard about judges being able to be bought. Certain guys told me how for $10,000 I, I can get off, you know, and that just that struck me how unfair that was and stuff and all. I just, I'm just very naive and gullible and And But these guys, they were mostly my age, I was right out of college, and um, it was just like talking to somebody my age. And so here it is, I knew James um, Durrell when he was a pastor here locally, many years later, here it is, he opened, he was the intersection for me, uh, the catalyst to let me have the first revival ever in the largest jail in America. Um, It was such a blessing, I went home every night on cloud 21. article that I sent you before our, our meeting recently uh, was about a national game that I had considering pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my when I was 13 years of age, my 7th grade history teacher, Mr. Hallett taught me how to invent sports games since I loved all sports. And he showed me with a couple deck of cards how you could end up having pretty interesting statistical games. I ended up having games on football, baseball, um, bowling, golf. I tried Everything worked but roller derby. I can never get roller derby to work. (laughs) (laughs) Just couldn't get them, figure out how to get them out on those jams or not get them out on those jams. But um, went from that, um, inventing games, including a wrestling game I invented. Uh, This is after, uh, I wish my mom was around to tell you, Uh, she passed on, but I ended up getting a shoebox. You were talking about shoeboxes earlier, and I would uh, get a shoebox, put a nice big uh, desk lamp over top of it to make it look like uh, ringside lights, and uh, I'd have my all-star wrestling matches in my shoebox with my with my Army men, my my Cowboys and Indians, and I I became the world's greatest wrestling announcer. You know, it was just fun, and I used to use the mask masking tape to put on people's faces so I could be masks for mass wrestlers okay. red crayons would look really good on a white mask for blood it was really great and then how the mask would get partly torn off and then they come back next week with a brand new mask and so i went from there to the next step was um making my charts even more interesting i thought and you could i made it different ways where you could have just take your time to, like, you and me just playing a match together. Or if you wanted to get a whole bunch of game um, matches in, you could do hundreds of them in an hour. And I ended up inventing a game after I had done it for my own pleasure where I had thousands of wrestlers from around the world divided up in regions and little regions and managers and mass wrestlers and unmasked wrestlers. I was the great I was the great Vince McMahon of the world then, way ahead of time. And um, from there, I ended up getting a national Um, a game released. um, One of my favorites, Fred Blassie uh, met me in Pennsylvania, broke kayfabe completely by, in those days you never, a bad guy never acted good in front of the crowd because that would take away from his persona. He was a dirty wrestling manager up in for WWF in those days, I think. And, um, but he, he just knew me as uh, a minister and, but in front of everybody everybody was waiting in line and Fred Blassie saw me and my friends in line. He said, come in on, come on in, Rev, come on in. Everybody was looking at me. Who is this guy? And then right in front of everybody in the bleachers and all here, get the Rev a good seat, get the Rev a good seat. Here's the dirty manager and everybody's saying he's, you know, he's not acting normal at all. And so that was kind of fun that him breaking kayfabe just for me and all. And he agreed to be my uh, spokesman and uh, for TV and for uh, magazine ads and all. And, um, but I said, uh, the Lord moved on me, and I went back on the road full time again. And he understood. He never treated me bad. Uh, I did have a game, though, I'd put out before he had signed the contract, and it was exciting. Um, I probably broke even at the, at the best, but it was exciting to get uh, families and kids uh, buying my game from all over the United States and um, from just one wrestling ad uh, ad in a wrestling magazine. And so Mr. Hollett teaching me how to do sports games at age 13 led to me having a national pro wrestling game. It's all about connection, and that's, you know, um, which could lead me easily here. I knew Pastor Ray Eppert as a friend. Uh, We used to play um, computer and tabletop sports games. Mm -hmm. Never dreamed I'd ever set foot in this church. Never I had no idea. And things changed. The Lord moves different ways. Things happen in life. And I ended up here and attending here for many years. And uh, I've been here probably 25 plus years. And I always say they got so desperate about 10 years ago, they couldn't find anybody else. So they (laughs) hired me. And um, it's exciting to be here now. You know what,
1: so folks, you know, so stop asking questions and wondering why, and that you've heard nothing uh, nothing better but uh, Terry Kent over the last few minutes just, you know, summarizing the things that uh, he's put his hands to and just how the Lord has continued to bless him uh, in every phase. So, you know, think about it. It's not every day that you get, uh, you, in, you, know, you sit down and you create a game, uh, and, and it's sold across the United States on the sport that you love. You know, a lot of things, you know, a lot of times people, and I'm going to call this out, and if the shoe fits, put it on. Uh, you know, a lot of times, and here's my call-out, you know, you, we enjoy sports, but my challenge to you today is, you know, what what have you given back to the sports you, that you love? You know, is it your time? You you walk up, and, you know, if you're a parent, you know, you go to your coach and say, hey, coaches, you know, what, what can they help you with this season? Um, You know, same thing, you know, the coaches are, are giving back, the players are giving back, so – I uh, just always like to challenge people, to, you know, whatever you do, you know, how do you, you know, pay it forward? How do you keep the keep the passion alive just like we do the podcast? So my goal is to find some young guy coming in behind me once I'm able to walk away from the mic. Uh, to be able to you know pick up the mantle and, and rock and roll with that. So listen as we get ready to say way right on into the next segment. Well, I got to toss out this uh, these, this fine organization which is Act Sports. Uh, so any for your recreational sports needs, you know, go to our uh, website at playactsports.com. Uh, right now, registration. Uh, if I want to make sure I'm say this right, I think registration is closed for track and also wrestling. Uh, was our first year with wrestling, our second year with track. But it is a dynamic sports program uh, based right here in uh, Stanton, Virginia, at Victory Worship Center, and that is Axe Sports uh, for your you know, and recreation needs. So go to the website at www.playaxsports.com for your recreation sports needs. And it's just not about sports. We, we really work on the whole individual. Uh, the fullness of the human being and, and as I refer to him as their student athlete. So let's we get ready to roll into the uh, in the segment in the painting, as we talked about earlier. So we're gonna talk about you know spend a little bit of time on what Terry does, his day to day, his passion, how he helps you know the, the ministry. And again, I've been here fourteen years, and I say here fourteen years being in the um, here uh, Victor Worship Center for fourteen years and came in from a mega church in Atlanta. Uh, and 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 that's you know, and here's the thing for me personally. You know, is you know how can you get fed coming out of a you know a, a huge city as Atlanta, and, you, and you're sitting there and and I would hear our pastor speak on Sunday. You know, that's the late Bishop Long, and, and I'd hear everybody from T.D. Jakes to Rod. Paul. I mean, every Sunday you would always tee it up and and hear the finest and the great singing. And but then you come here and then it's in on a smaller scale. But you know, the, the Lord blessed us to be able to come here and and find just a dynamic ministry. Uh, that we love and, and we work very hard to to help fulfill the passion but terry is on staff here and i'm going to go ahead and toss it back over to him and, and let him share with you uh, what uh on his art
0: recently pastor Eppert was talking to me i know i sound like i'm only 13 or 15 years old but we were actually talking about in the future about retirement and what our plans are and you know how much staying involved and and, and I said, there's no church that I know of that I would rather be belonging to that, as far as I'm concerned, is the most exciting place to be. I know I'm a little prejudiced but uh, it's the most exciting place to be. Um, um, 33% of our church is roughly ages zero nursery to age 18. I don't know many churches can say that. In fact, most churches act like they don't want youth anymore or children anymore, and it's, you know. Um, our vision is mainly for our children, for our teens, besides everyone else, and it's exciting to be a part of a church that's young and keeps you young. Um, it's it's great to have you know it's like two hundred young people here every Sunday morning or so worshiping God and learning more about God. Um, Acts it's grown from roughly around forty people four years ago or so to this year I think we'll be approaching nine hundred people. I mean that's exciting. It's it's starting to really make us uh, really kick it into the next gear to think about what we're going to be doing for the future. Um, our, another one of our big goals is, it's exciting that we're about, we're right on the edge to make a big difference in the country of Haiti. And and we're looking forward to being successful there and that already uh, organizations are looking toward us as a template of being successful in Haiti and if it works there then we can take it to so many other countries that we're planning on opening up several businesses there that will help the local economy it's not just going in there um, if I may just preach for a second so so many people have uh, gone in there and have revivals and and they'll have the stadiums full but when they're gone nothing else really happens the people Get, just get saved uh, 50 times over and they're still facing unemployment and um, every every time we've gone down to Haiti, I haven't personally but the pastor and ministry and we, our young people have been down there several times and they always say our biggest need is jobs and so we, I guess we finally heard that in with our ears and with our heart and so we're beginning laying the groundwork so that we can do something for Haiti, which I believe without a doubt, this will lead to more of a worldwide ministry, but not the kind you usually hear about in the news or anything like that. But our church, um, we we have a saying: we're a little different, but the difference is good. Amen. I, I I like it for that reason. We we are different. We're a regional church. I'm not saying we're better. I'm just saying that's our calling. That's our that's where we're supposed to. Be. We're supposed to listen to God for us. Each church needs to listen for themselves. We're not better than the other churches on the around the corners or wherever. We just got to do what God lays in our heart. So many um, programs for church leadership. It's all about um, you know follow this way. You know, um, but we we believe without a doubt it's finding God's plan for our church and then fulfilling it and doing it. And so that's what we attempt to do. And so. I day to day I work in the finances for the most part, and uh, and also and I work I go to the nursing homes and and the hospitals and, and more pastoral care I guess it would be called, but um, it's exciting to be part of this church that I I think there's no other church like it so,
1: you know what folks and uh, not just saying it because I'm sitting across the mic uh, from him, uh, but I've experienced it you know firsthand for the last fourteen years and the tremendous you know, grows a con- the tremendous vision. Uh, and and, and, and i put it to you this way. We feel the weight uh, of the ministry. Uh, and, again, when I say to feel the weight of the ministry, because, you know, the, the, the body of Christ is, is the body. It's not the pastor. Uh, it's not just, you know, one or two people. And you have to feel the weight. So when you when the same thing on your job, my challenge to you, and you know, if you're part of a sports program, you know, you need to feel the weight of that program. You, know, you need to do all that you can do in in order to make that program flourish, and that's what you know. Terry is he's pouring out his heart. You know, same thing. With, you know, the, the, the Haiti missions, you know, that that's a huge impact. Actually, I did a, we did a live show last week, and I had a couple of guys that I've met in Haiti. Actually, you know, they joined on you know, via Facebook, uh, and was and dialed into the live podcast that we did uh, last week talking about the NBA finals. So it was great to see them on. Uh, same thing that Terry talks about, you know, we're we're more than just a local church on the corner because, you know, now we're doing Facebook Live. So we have people from all over, you know, tuning in to our Sunday morning messages. So if you're looking for a great church home uh, and you're you know, looking for something a little bit different, you may want to check us out. And that's at 200 Hammond Lane uh, and that's Stanton, Virginia. And that's Victory Worship Center and World Outreach and Pastor Ray Eppert. Uh, is the senior pastor here. So, you know, we just uh, just appreciate Terry, you know, calling that out. So, listen, as we start to wind this show down, and just like we always say, we just want to thank everybody, you know, for your continued support. As, you know, we can't do it without you. If you're not listening, you're not uh, subscribing, you're not liking us, and you're not sending out, you know, hey, Coach, I want to hear about this, I want to hear about that. So it's always open. You know, shoot us an email, you know, uh, shoot me a text, uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, hit me on Facebook so we can make sure that we are trying to get – if we don't have that person, we'll look them up. And, and I am through a serious curveball at you today, not thinking that we're going to be talking about pro wrestling, but we have none other than the guru, uh, Dr. Terry Kent, sitting across from me. So before we sign off, I'm going to toss it over to Terry for his closing comments and whatever's on his heart. Terry?
0: It's been a pleasure, uh, Coach. Never knew this was coming either uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, but it's been a pleasure and I just can't help but sense um, this message is for someone. Your dreams can come true. Believe in it. Don't let them go. Also be good to, to the people that come across to intersect your life. It's, Think about the percentage of how many people actually intersect your life. It's it's so infinitesimal, and um, but many of them are there for your future, and you never know. We can learn from everyone. Um, One thing I love people, and I think everybody's life story is a book, is a movie. I think everyone's interesting, interested, interesting, and I think. we should really get beyond the surface with people and be a true friend and, uh, and it, stop being shy. Just ask people about themselves. They, most people enjoy talking about themselves and uh, once they realize you really care, I probably heard it every week at Rainbow Bible Training Center at least once, people don't care how much you know until they know that you care and um, that's so important. and uh, just go out there and touch someone's life, uh, fuel someone's dream, and realize the people around you one day. I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm not talking about using people. I'm, just talking, I'm talking about God-ordained people being brought into your life for a purpose, and it will all come to pass. Thanks for having me, Coach.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, folks, you know what You know what time it is. I got to get out here and get this gym floor cleaned up and get ready for this next uh, next fast break session. But, you know, before we leave, I always got to hit you with the uh, scripture verse, and that's John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So, listen, like we always challenge you, make sure you make a difference, make sure you do something, and make sure you're impactful in somebody's life. So Until next time, I'm your host, Coach Goins, and I'll see you in the gym.